1: The Firstborn Diaper Backpack from Fly Dad has over 21 compartments to have everything right where you need it to be for you and your baby. And keeping you fly through the process. Get $20 off when you visit flydadgear.com slash fatherhoods. This is KGB. What up? is DJ EFN. Yo, this is Manny Digital. Welcome to the Fatherhoods
0: Podcast.
1: What's up, fellas? Yo, you don't got to make the sound, bro. K I, know, it, I, know. Son. I know, I haven't found
2: I haven't found the new one yet. I got to, uh, I got to find the non-George Lucas sound right. effect. So. Yeah, we, we don't you're, need that. You're
0: dropping a dime on us, man. You snitching. That's all
2: right. That's all
0: right.
1: <laughs> Yo, I got I to gotta be honest. Can I be honest right quick? So I mean, don't lie to us. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the backyard working on some stuff, and then I see, I see the call come in from, from you guys, and I'm like, Oh, yo! I totally spaced. Thank God I was at home, but I totally spaced that we were recording at this time.
2: Oh, okay, okay. So
1: thank God, because I was gonna be like, "Yo, son, I'm fucking wherever." I, I was go <laughs> I was I was on my <laughs> way to Lowe's. No, I, nah, I, w- nah, I would have been like, "Yo, I'm <laughs> heading to Lowe's." That would have been whack. So I, my wife, thank God. So this is back to like bigging up my spouse. She was like, "Oh, oh, go, go! I'll, I'll go to Lowe's and and handle it." I was like,
0: "Damn." Nice.
2: So. Yeah, my wife's a G. <laughs> my wife FG's got mad. Real things. My wife got mad at me today
0: mm.
2: for fatherhood. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, for saying something? Are we causing, for, we causing for, drama? for not saying for not saying something? Oh, you what? stay
0: you stay getting <laughs> in the doghouse for that shit. What did you do? What was it this time?
2: Uh, we were talking about the uh, I guess uh, which episode was she listening to? She was listening to an episode I guess where I was talking about my son at the the soccer, like him taking off his shoes. shoes. Yeah. And in my mind, um, like, there's sometimes where I'll, it's like we're having a conversation, right? And so, and and it's, sometimes it's the abridged version, right? I don't remember exactly what went down, but we're, you know, I'm, we're talking, we're just trying to get to the point and have the discussion about it. Right. So she was like, why? At first she thought I was trying to like save face for her and not, say you know exactly what she said because there was more to the conversation like when we were talking to our son Mm -hmm. it got a little bit more heated and i guess i and i guess the way i explained it just made it seem mellow but it wasn't necessarily mellow um and you know she told her she told my son that that was stupid what he did and and then he all of a sudden took that he started tearing up and he's like why did you just, you just called me stupid? You said you would never say that kind of thing to me, you know? And and then she had to explain, no, I didn't call you stupid. What you did was stupid. And, you know, those kind of things. Like if a, a grown up told you to go do something that was messed up, that would be a stupid thing to do. Like you have to know not to do stupid things. So, you know, it got, it got a little tense, right? Mm. And I, I forgot all about that when we were talking, when we were talking about it. And, you know, she came up to me. She's like, well, you know, I appreciate you not trying to uh, kind of sugarcoat it for me and you know maybe share all that info and I was like well I I actually forgot what you just said you know <laughs> that you, you said that that wasn't really that really wasn't the the point I was trying to make when we when I was bringing that whole convo up
0: right
2: and then I felt like she got mad at me because uh, because I really just forgot about it you know what I mean it was just <laughs> it was just like it was like
1: uh, I think. By the way, could, just just for the win on that one. Just for the people listening, I think that was episode forty-three, if I'm not mistaken, where we had that conversation about. That was the one where your son took off, was told took to take off his, his shoes shoot. off. Yeah, In the soccer yeah, yeah,
0: game, right? That, yeah,
2: yeah. So point point being, I guess the whole idea of sometimes with podcasting is funny because it, it's. It's it's almost like we're in these conversations and sometimes just like a normal conversation, you forget things or you know, you have a you have a different point of view in your head to like lead the conversation and you don't necessarily always get everything out. You either forget things or you maybe leave some things out if it's too personal or whatever. I just think it's funny. But you know, when people who are close to the actual event that happened right. hear these things and it's like, Well, why don't you say this? Or why don't you add this in there? you full of
0: shit, Kay.
1: Yeah.
2: Bullshit. That, that, Yo, know, get used to it as we do this more
0: often. Um, I'm still not used to that happening. That's why in, in Drink Champs, I created the phrase uh, drunk facts. Right. And I tell people that means that we're either off by a year or off by a name. But it's more or less in the realm of reality, what we were saying—it's ballpark, you know—it's <laughs> ballpark. Right, right, right. In the ballpark. I get, I get that kind of shit all the
1: time. I mean, my wife doesn't come down on me too tough because she knows I, I become a, a bit aloof normally about shit. Blonde. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, totally. I no disrespect point. to the blondes. Well, I was actually born a blonde, so that explains a lot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, Were you really? I was. I can show you
0: pictures. <laughs>
3: nah, I'm dead get out of here, bro. I'm dead what ass, kind of bro. Weird
0: Dominican shit is that? Yeah, I don't know. That's what happened, babe. <laughs> so they just threw sunning in your hair,
1: man. Nah, right dog. You, you fucking girl. <laughs> <laughs> but I do. I do that a lot, actually. Like my wife doesn't listen to all the episodes anymore, but um, like cat, you know, every now and again she'll hear me like when I'm putting a you know the episode up on on our distribution platform and she'll start to hear little things and she's like she'll peek over and she's like yo but you forgot about this part of it and that and i'm like fuck you're right (laughs) (laughs) and they're like good takes and i'm like shit man i don't don't know we just we just go
2: yeah
0: (laughs) yeah it's either you'll forget a part of the story you'll one thing that happens to me is i forget my vocabulary words (laughs) like, like, like you know you're like you might have something in mind. You're like, man, I'm going to kill this. I'm going to say this, that, and the other. And then you get there and you're like, I, my, name, East Air Freak. I'm telling you.
2: I just you, said like and you know about 20 times in the one, <laughs> in the one <laughs> sentence.
0: And, sure. and for anybody listening, if you've never reco- you know, been in front of a microphone and recorded, you wouldn't understand. Like, I mean, some people are naturals, but most people aren't. Yeah. And it takes, and even it it takes some getting used to. But even like I've been doing drink chants for how long, or I've been doing stuff like this forever, and I'm still not used to it. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, like you know, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> Manny blondness just rubbed off.
1: You're welcome. Uh, nice. So, yeah. I want I wanted to get back into because kind of we kind of teased the audience in the last episode. Um, at the very end because I kind of started with a, a loaded topic and we didn't really come to a conclusion. So I wanted to kind of rehash hash, uh, re-hatch what I Hatch. what I mentioned. <laughs> so I, I, was, I was saying that my, my son and I were watching television and there was a dude on the TV and I had made mention of the, the person on television. I was like, I don't know what we were talking about, but basically it was like, Hey, what do you think that dude is doing? Or something like that. <clears throat> and my son looks at me, kind of perplexed. And I'm like, "Yo, what? Did I say something wrong?" And he looks at the TV and then looks at me and he goes, "How do you know that's a dude?" And I was like, "Fuck." My son's six, right? So not fuck like you know anything bad per se, but I'm just oh shocked. wait,
0: this was the 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 ending of the last episode right. yeah, yeah, that we were gonna yeah. get into, right? Okay, right, okay. right? 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 Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. Well, welcome. So this is, welcome. So, so, so this back. is. Basically, it, it was. It was more of a fuck. Like, how do I start this conversation? Yeah. Right? It, it, or, or where is this conversation going?
1: Exactly. It, it overwhelmed me because, honestly, for me, it's very complicated. The whole topic of gender in present day, right? With the whole, you know, pronouns being a, a big part of, the of spectrum, gender and the, yeah, the wide spectrum. Right. Um. It. It's very. I, I. I'm honest, and every time I find someone of of that community, I'm always very. You know, you, you kind of you can't be too aggressive about like, yo, I want to know, I want to know, because then they take it like it's it's. You know, you're trying to insult them or what have you,
0: or like they're a zoo animal and you're like exactly, probing.
1: exactly, right. yeah, like you're probing. So <clears throat> I can't claim to be very knowledgeable in all aspects of the LGBT. I think it's Q. I- QI or IQ. There's there's an I in
0: there somewhere. I think. Again, see? This is a proof positive. I mean, I think that's indicative of our generation as well. Right. True. Which we you know, we're still in the wrong most of the time when we talk. We're we're still saying oh, yeah. inappropriate we say, jokes and right. stuff like that. Right. So yeah. But sorry, go ahead. So
1: so I'm I'm you know, I'm trying to explain to my son why my point of view was the way it was, right? Why I called the person a dude. And and I, I and I, I we didn't get that deep into the conversation. But... No, no, wait a
2: second, real quick. Was yeah. was your son when you were whatever you were watching on TV? Did the person wait?
0: Look were like you it? watching Euphoria? Sorry, sorry, K. <laughs> yeah, were you watching Euphoria? Because I want to talk about that. Show. I have no idea what that is. It's an HBO show, a new HBO
2: show. No, I have not watched
0: it. Okay, sorry. Continue, K. All right.
2: <laughs> did, did did the person look like a guy, and that's why you automatically said that's that's yeah. a dude? Yeah, and and so someone who looks like a dude your son was questioning why would you call automatically call him a dude even though he looked like a dude right exactly okay
1: exactly so it was like you know a person with a beard you know right like a little less than yours okay and and then obvious male features okay and so that that's why i called him a dude
2: so then why would you so yeah i'm curious why your son would would question that at this early stage of his life. And
0: that he's that hyper aware of it. Yes. Yeah. So he, here's what you got to understand
1: about my son. My son is an asshole. My son's an
0: asshole. Like, much like so his father. So he testing you? <laughs> <laughs> like I, testing I, your, your, uh, what's it called? Um, Oh my God. Uh, what's it called when you're like in the, like you, you can't say things a certain way. In comedy, they're always saying that we've lost it in society. Um, Oh, I'm not sure. Political what correctness. Like. Right. Oh,
1: I, yes. I think he was challenging that, but to be a dick. Right. Like, okay. my, right, my right, son, right. My son likes to catch me because I, I mean, it's something that I do to my whole entire family, friends, everybody. I, I act that way. So I think he's picked that up. You do,
2: man? Nah. Yeah, get you never out noticed?
1: Come mierda. <laughs> <laughs> <So, laughs> but, but he was very good about it. So I couldn't tell which way, like, is this a serious conversation that we need to have or are you just trying me? Right, I wasn't really. It wasn't clear to me. So, but I er erred on the side of caution, and I'm trying to really explain and be be mindful of what I'm about to say, and not like just take it lightly, right? Because I don't want him to think it's okay to play that way in general, because you you really might offend somebody that's going through some stuff. So I'm explaining it to him, and I'm the hardest part for me was like trying to dumb it down to a level that a six year old could understand. Right, because sometimes it can be a little bit more. The words that I use might be a little bit too far out for him, so I'm explaining, and I'm like da 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 da, and he's like, but but there are some some women with a beard, or, or you know, facial hair, is what he said, and I'm like, yeah, no, that's true, and and I've heard some some people refer to themselves as women that sound to me like what a man sounds like, and I was like, that is also true. And and then we started having this conversation, and yo, I got super uncomfortable, and I kind of just like said, "Look, the reason why I called this person a man is because he sounds like a man, has facial features that look, appear to be a man, and historically for me, that that looks, you know, and sounds like a man, and that's where that's where we ended it. But I still I still didn't know which angle he was coming to at me from because mm. I I didn't get. I wasn't prepared to go deeper, so I cut yeah. it I cut it loose before, you know, I I even got more confused.
0: Yeah. It, if you guys I mean, want to feel a little bit even more uncomfortable, <laughs> but 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 entertained at the same time, I I advise you to watch the the new HBO show Euphoria. Okay. Which I've been watching with my girl and and it's about basically it's mostly revolved around uh, drug addiction. Mm. But it feels like it's a, it's revolving around like it's mainly drug addiction, but it's like all kinds of addiction, sexual addiction and and uh, porn addiction, you know, uh, it, uh, social media addiction. Like it's just like what's playing young America today type of shit. Mm. But it's like a real deal show. and it gets like, it like it, it makes you feel uncomfortable, and it has these whole everything you're talking about. Like there's a character that in the beginning you're just like, is that a girl? Is that a Boy, I'm, and you know, and the thing is, we're in a weird time, I think, in, in, I don't know if it's society or in culture today, where, like I said, our generation, I feel like we're like a little, we don't know what to do, you know, and, and even, and, and like, you ever feel like, like, you know, you might be like, man, I'm not, I'm not homophobic, or I don't, I don't have anything, no ill towards this, this type of person, but then you, you do carry these old, you know ways of being where you say things, you know, like like gay jokes or whatever to your boys, mm-hmm. and you know that if someone were to hear that, they they would feel you know hurt by it or uncomfortable. For the most part, you might think. So you know, it's like we're in a weird time, you know, and hip hop kind of like you know perpetuated a lot of this stuff. But then look at hip hop going now in like a whole other direction. Like we had Little Nas X recently came out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But. But sorry, but no, I go would ahead. say go ahead. the audience or you, like you, Manny, specifically, maybe not with your kid. Because even for us as grown men, like, it was difficult for me to watch this show because there's parts where they're just... I feel like we've had it so good as men where they showed us naked women all the time in in film, yeah. where now they're just mad dicks. Just <laughs> right. on this show. Right. Just, I mean, when I tell you mad dicks, it's cringeworthy, like, for us that we're not... <laughs> Like, used you know, to I, mean, I don't know that anybody should be used to that. But then again, like, it's like, they would be like, oh yeah, but you had pussy and tits all your life. You know, now it's like, "Yo, dude, now that's... it was, you know, we, we thrown it to the other direction now. <laughs> yo, but that's, <laughs> and, uh, that's a, that's a, that's a fact. Like, that's a fact. Th- you're yeah, right. It's a fact. And in your mind, like any real human is going to have real conversations in your own brain. Like, like, yo, I can't watch this shit, you yeah. know, but then you're like, but, but this is, you know, film and this is art and. They're trying to make a point and, and, you know, we've had it, we've had this, you know, no, you know, women had to sit there and watch Pussy and Tits.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. So let's just watch it and let, let's let just see what this is, this film's trying to convey to us or this program mm-hmm. and, and take it for what it is. But it, uh, watch it, man. But, but sorry, Kate, go ahead. Wow.
2: Well, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Yeah, God, <laughs> you're... Mad dicks, yo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yo, that's, yo, mad Jesus. dicks. Jesus.
1: <laughs> yeah, for real. That's now now all I all I'm thinking about is mad medics. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Jesus.
3: <laughs>
1: Thanks, E. Fucked up the whole episode now. I'm we can't, saying, we dude, can't get back is, on t- on
0: task here. But it's a good it's a really good it's a well-made <laughs> show, man, of tackling these these things and Maybe we can all learn from it. But...
2: <laughs> yeah, first, you got to stop laughing. <laughs> <part>. <laughs> I've, ne-
3: I've
1: never seen you turn beet red like that, bro.
2: <laughs> Holy crap. Yo, Manny, going back to just the un- the, uh, the uncomfortable factor of that conversation, I-, I would feel uncomfortable, too, Not not because of anything about anyone's preference. It's just... For me, I feel like, you know, we've got a, you've got a young kid, right? My son is six, going on seven. Yeah. I'm not talking to him about any kind of sex. Nope. Any time right now, and I don't plan to unless, you know, he starts talking about it. I'm sure they're going to start his, you know, friends at school as he gets older. I mean, it's coming, right? But I guess the idea that, um, I don't know, man, I just don't want to, like, I, I, I feel like the the agenda of like pushing the 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 sexual preference agenda so far in the public, um, that's you know it is what it is. But as far as kids go, me personally, I'd rather just you know when it's time to talk about sex and sexual preference, then that makes more sense for kids to kind of understand it more and understand all the kind of differences. But. For him to just be scratching his head like, Well, what is this all about when I haven't even spoken to him about sex, period? Yeah. That's that's the uncomfortable factor for me.
1: I I feel like there's a time and a place, right, for that conversation to just organically happen. And you can't not that you can't, but I'm I'm of the same mind. Like don't push the shit, right? Let's just have the conversation when the shit organically manifests and then start to deal with it. But it's so, or you can't even, you don't even know what organic is anymore because right. it's you got like a three hundred and sixty degree, uh, you know, the kids now have a three sixty degree view into so many different things, and a lot of the times you're not even really able to monitor what it is that they're exposed to, so
0: they're you getting don't watch that show, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying everything you're talking about is 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 in that show. I mean, it's obviously to an extreme, you know, because right. That's, these shows have to give you a lot of information in a short amount of time, but it, it's tackling all these issues, man.
1: We should we should go talk to the executive producers, see if they want the fatherhoods to give their spin. Right. Or
2: just they Matt, respond to our show.
1: And we'll just show up, mad, <laughs> Di- mad dicks in hand,
0: and we'll just give them <laughs> no. we'll more perspective. Yo, now, let me ask you all a serious question. Um, And being that Manny has boys and girls, I have a girl, you have a son, Kay like with the way with the the stuff that we carry from you know from what we've learned growing up and and maybe the biases or the or whatever the thoughts that we have how do you how do you think you're going to tackle and now and i feel like this has been is pushing it like forcing you to tackle this to a degree manny like how do you feel you're going to tackle these things and like kind of explain these things to your children um with like, are you trying to be conscious of, of of any bias you might have or any ideas you might have and you're trying to uh, conform to today's ideas and ideals? Or are you going to, you know, like, I don't know. Like, how does that work, man? Like, you know, there's some things that don't feel right, yep. to be quite honest with you, yeah. that, that everybody's like, no, you need to be politically correct or you need to conform to this. And some of these things I'm like, nah, I, I don't need to conform to it. Right. You know, I can be respectful of certain things but I don't have to conform to other
2: things. Right. Yeah. I think and respe- I can see. I, respectful yeah, I, is the key, is the key word there. It's like yeah. re- respecting and understanding, but doesn't necessarily mean that you have to conform if it doesn't feel like it fits your, your life and what you're right. trying to teach your kids, you know?
0: Right, right, right. Like you don't bash anybody's um, way of life. Right. Because it doesn't fit in, in your box, but right. But yeah, like how, how do you, how do you guys feel like you're gonna like, how are you tackling that? Like, you know, what is it that you're keeping and what are you trying to change? You know, you don't have to get into detail, but what is it that, how do you think you're going to be able to deal with this?
1: You want me to answer that? You're asking me? Uh, a-
0: anybody. I the, mean, the other guy.
1: In the, in the, pocket. <laughs> the fourth guy. <laughs> nah, I was giving Kay the floor, but uh, for, I, I do, I'm, I'm hyper conscious of my own biases, or at least I try to be. Right, and I don't want. I try as much as I can to not allow those to be passed on, um, as best I can. Like that's almost an impossibility for, yeah, all of them to not pass on. But when it comes to having to deal with other folks, right, other people, respect. I'd say fairness is my approach, right. And so I want my kids to understand when they're ready the whys of certain situations as best as I can explain it. So for instance, w- you know, we, we have a gay family, you know, gay family members. Right. And so we, it's not like we don't interact with them because of their choices. Cause yeah. we are, the, you know, sure. because the bulk of my family is heterosexual. We don't outcast them because of that. And when my kids see that relationship, well, at least at first, they were wondering, "Yo, what's up? This looks off. Why? Why does this look off to me?" And we were having that conversation, and so it, it was it was difficult to have, but it was it was done honestly, right? And it wasn't like, you know, we don't like them because they do that. You got to come over here. It was more like, you know, just really basically explaining the, the aspect of people loving people at the end of the day. Right. So. It's a lot easier for me these days than it was, I guess, that initial jumping off point. But for me, the world of homosexuality is a lot simpler to understand. And I might even be saying it wrong, but the way I, you know, traditionally how we would look at homosexuality is a lot easier for me to explain and understand versus, like, you know, and I just, uh, to use an example, like, this, the, how people prefer to be spoken about or or to with respect to like a pronoun, right? That to me is very comf- confusing to even have a conversation. So it's <clears throat> it, it definitely is. Back to the you know same thing we talked about: fairness and respect above everything else.
2: Right. Okay. Yeah, I I'm I'm on the same page. I mean, uh, I think the respect portion of it is is the key and that's been that's been kind of our uh, i guess laying the groundwork with him as we begin to as he begins to grow older and start learning about differences and people you know like even just when he was younger like, hey, you don't have to reference someone's difference because they might be bigger or thinner or their hair is different, and you know, even like starting to tackle um you know race talk and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's just it's kind of like the conversation just keeps evolving because there's so many different differences in people, and um so I think we've just been trying to instill the respect level first of all and everyone's differences, but but that doesn't mean that, you know, we have to conform to what the what society deems as, like, you got to do X, Y, and Z. Um, so, I don't know. It's a, it's a bit of a head-scratcher just in terms of how to approach it. Because also, we don't, There's like, I can have in my head, like, oh, yeah, the conversation's going to go like this at this time. And it may, it's probably not going to happen that way. It's going to come from left field when I least expect it. And, you know, he's going to. He he will have encountered something, or some one of his friends will have told him something that I'm totally okay. unaware of, aware of, and then it's you know, uh, how, how do you explain this? And then you know,
0: it, and ultimately, it's what we want is for our, the best for our kids and for them to 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 assimilate in society as best as possible. But what's scary about all these topics is that the political correctness landscape is constantly changing right yeah so if you try to conform to that it's like you know you're gonna miss a step and things are gonna change in a different direction that's why you should be kind of like sure in what your beliefs are and i think yeah respect is the safest place just respect everybody and their ideas and their thoughts and their way of living as long as they respect you as well right exactly um yeah but but like
1: at that point if if it's disrespect toward you it's beyond no, no, that has nothing to religion, do with this. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, it has
0: nothing to do with none of this. But, but another thing too to to think about, unfortunately, or not unfortunately, I'm just saying like where it complicates things. Not, not, not unfortunately. Is that like, for example, you've seen any of these stories um, about like parents where their kids tell them they they um they feel like they're a different sex or, or they're different orientation, and then from a young age they start transitioning. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm like confused. Like I don't. That seems like such a drastic step, complicated thing to deal with. And yeah. and I don't know. I don't know that I could. I could be good with you know having a kid start to, you know, transition. Like I would maybe in my mind I'd wait till they were a certain age. You know, closer to adult. You know, like young adulthood to be sure that they feel that way and that society isn't pulling them in one way or the other. Right out of, yeah. out of pop culture shit, or you know, obviously people who would, you know, some people be like, "Man, I ain't no pop culture shit." Nobody wants to, you know, have that orientation, knowing all the stigma that comes with it. But you know, it's just such a
2: complicated thing. All right, let's pause on that and bring our guest in because that that <laughs> that opens up a whole nother <laughs> long right, convo. Right. All right, folks. So we have Sasha Jenkins on the Fatherhood Podcast with us today. So Sasha's Man, you're a, a filmmaker, author, journalist, musician, artist. Just, man, you, just, you've you built a, a great body of work, man. And for those that uh, don't know who he is, uh, check out Of Mike's and Men, the Wu-Tang documentary that, uh, that he directed, uh, 1865, the band. Uh, check out Ego Trip, gang of stuff. So thanks for joining us, man.
3: Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.
2: And uh and most importantly, a father. Yay, yay. Why are I you here? The
3: most important gig I got. Yeah, man. For sure.
2: So a life so, changing gig. Yeah. So we we like to kind of jump in first with our guests and just find out a little bit about what your family dynamic is.
3: Okay. Well, I've been married close to ten years to my wife, Raquel Cepeda, who is a filmmaker and writer in her own right. Yep. Um I'm a stepdad. Initially, uh, our daughter, Jali, came into her life when she was six. She is now 22 and a filmmaker in her own right. And yeah. then there's our son, Marceau, who just turned seven. A uh, healthy, handsome young man who's very creative and smart. And We live in New York City.
2: Nice. So going into the the, the stepfather combo first, Man, Manny's got a, a daughter from from his wife, and uh, she, around the same age, right? You, that uh, that you came into her life, Manny.
1: Uh, actually, I came into her life when she was three.
2: Okay, so just a, all right, a little bit younger, yeah. How was that transition for you, Sasha? Just in terms of, I mean, had were you kid friendly prior to that? Did it take a while to to kind of. Glue the family together and, and be in that mode, uh I mean for me as someone
3: who you know grew up in a single parent household, you know my parents you know they uh didn't really work out, and then apparent eventually my father passed away when I was pretty young, so the dynamic of having an additional adult in the mix was something that I always wanted as a kid, and it was always something that I was sensitive to. So when when I came into the situation it was something that um, I was sensitive to and and understood and understood the possibilities in terms of what it is that I could provide um, you know her her biological father is in her life so it's not like um, she didn't have access to you know uh, a father but in terms of someone being there full-time living with her you know me coming into the mix was was new for her and new for me. But again, as a kid who always wanted, uh, you know, both parents and wanted a somewhat stable situation for me, it was something that I embraced and, and, um, dove into the best that I could, you know, trying to be cognizant of the fact that, you know, she has a biological father. So there are certain things that I am not, but there are lots of things that I am and can be. So here we are
2: and how did you guys in terms of the biological father how how is that relationship between the two of you worked out through the years have you had to deal with them much well, We've is known it-
3: each other We've known each other ironically we you know knew each other from a whole separate circle he was in in punk bands before me so okay. you know he was a brother on the scene uh, a little bit before me so we had friends in common and knew each other but um, you know, my wife is not in that mix at all. So it's just random how things work out in life. But I don't think anything happens by accident. So it feels like it was it was meant to be. But you know, I've got no issue with the brother. I respect him, and he's a he's a cool dude. Nice. Uh, so,
1: uh, how hard was it, um, Sasha for for you? Because again, I I'm in that same situation, and. I guess I can't claim I can't say that my my daughter's biological dad is really much in the picture. he's around but vaguely is ever seen or heard from so for me that that's a benefit that's a little easier for me um, as I'm raising her, but having the the biological be present, did that present challenges to you or you know how, how was that uh, how did that evolve?
3: I mean, you know, not to put it all out there, but, you know, my wife and he didn't have the best relationship, which, which happens. It's why people don't stay together. Right. Um, so, but that really didn't affect, you know, our daughter's relationship with him. She had a, and continues to have a very direct relationship with him. So to me, what's most important is that she's in a good place, mm-hmm. you know, with, both figures and, you know, I kind of play my position, you know, there again, as someone who comes from a situation where, you know, my father wasn't in the mix, A, because my parents split up and B, eventually he died. Um, there's just, and I don't know what it's like for you. I mean, I guess again, like you said, it's different because the guy wasn't in the picture at all. Right. Um, Although her biological lived, you know, in another state, it's not like they didn't it's not like they weren't in touch or he you know didn't reach out or they didn't see each other it wasn't it wasn't like that so for me i just tried to play it like yo you, you have your dad you have me we're two different people offering two different perspectives i'm i'm in the home with your mom i'm doing what i can to play my position and try to help you grow and you know today she you know, works with me on my films and my projects and she helps her mom with her projects as well. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. Like, I'm not really, drama is easy to, easy to find in life. Some people thrive off it, but I think that we've done a great job of, there's no reason for the drama. Right. You know, it's just not, it's just not necessary. Who has time for that?
2: Yeah. It's a good way to look at it.
3: I think yeah. that's I think that's
1: dope because, <clears throat> like you exactly you you put it perfectly, people, especially um, I, I feel like I guess your prototypical dude right they would approach a situation like that and likely feel like they need to act a certain way or you know the machismo might set in or some some bullshit might pop up where you have to like assert yourself in a particular way because now you're pretending to be like the one but in reality now she's got two so and that's a benefit to right. her you know what i'm saying but people some people might not look at it that way so that it's dope that you you you've been able to accept that and, and play your you know your position like you mentioned i mean
3: what what's the other choice
0: like yeah, and it's called maturity try too to
3: step in, i mean you try to step in and be i mean again i always try to look at it from like my own eyes and my own position as a kid, what I would have wanted and what I would have, what I would have wanted to avoid the best I could. And, you know, when you're, when you're a kid, your parents split up, you don't understand for years, you're mad at your father. Then later you're mad at your mother as you become a man and you understand how things work out. But at the end of the day, as an adult, you realize, you know, shit happens. People don't get along for various reasons. People are moving at different speeds. And sometimes it's better that people split apart. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so all I tried to do is create the best possible situation for her. I mean, you know, uh, any other relationships, my relationship with her mom or her relationship, you know, uh, relationship with her dad, like that shouldn't get in the way of my relationship with her and trying to maintain something that's positive.
2: So not having your dad around when you were growing up, I mean, it was the same for me. And and I I think what I noticed um, when I had my son is that that upbringing, like I I, I didn't even know if I really missed it that much when I was a kid, Uh, you know, because you're just like, this is your life. This is what it is. If you come from a single household, at least for me, it was just this is my normal, you know, I live with my mom. This is kind of my normal flow when i had my son the not having that that influence in my life at least in the earlier years put a kind of a battery in my in my back to just like want to be extra present and want to you know go above and the above and beyond as best as i could it, you feel that way as well
3: yeah i mean you again like going back to to my daughter, you know, looking at my own life and my own situation and wanting to create the best possible situation, one that's different from my own. I mean, there's so many things I could have learned quicker had I had a male role model in my life that could have pointed me in the right direction from business to relationships, and I didn't have that advantage. So, um, you know, I try to make sure that my son has that advantage. And, you know, you look at the holes in the fence of your life, And, um, you want to make sure that those same holes don't cross over to, to your kid. I mean, you can't change the way the world works. You can't make people stick together. You can't keep people alive if they die, but in your own time and on your own time, you can do your best to try to, um, improve on what you didn't have. You know, I mean, that's the whole point of having kids. Like you want them to have what you didn't have, you want them to advance in ways that you didn't. Like even you know, going to school in New York City, you know, my mom was an immigrant, like she didn't really understand the school system. And, you know, New York City schools are terrible, particular ones. So the involvement that my wife and I have with our kids school and understanding the system, we're way more engaged in terms of his education and what he needs to get done than my mom. She didn't, understand. Right. she didn't even understand any of that stuff. Right. You know, and, and I look at how being engaged and understanding the system, you know, had my mother understood that, you know, my educational system, my excuse me, my educational experience or my feelings towards education might have been different. You know? Yeah. So, being involved, you know, looking at the things that I didn't have and trying to make sure that my kid has what I didn't have is just is the most important thing
0: let let me ask you though one thing and and I'm I had this a similar situation as well with my father being absent for most of the time one of the things that I worry about now raising my daughter and um, and I kind of pose this to everybody here as well um is is there an emotional like hole that 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 I need to worry about in terms of how I deal with with my child am i gonna is there something am I gonna have missteps due to my shortcomings because of whatever whatever emotional toll that had that had on me not having my father around do you do you ever feel that there's something there that that needs to be fixed
3: definitely um but but it's almost like when you look at your kid, you know initially I was looking at my kid and looking for me and my kid right in terms right. of does he think like me? Is he into what I'm into? And then you eventually realize that, like, yeah, there might be some similarities, but really, he's his own person. And once you, once you realize that, then you realize that he's his own person. He's going to make his own mistakes. He's going to have his own beliefs. In the same way that I have my flaws and my, the things that affected me and made me who I am based on my life experience and how I was raised even with me and his mom doing the best that we can together, there are things that about myself that I don't even understand that are going to affect him. Right. So all you can do is, you know, try your, your best. best. I don't think yeah. there's like a manual for any of this stuff. And, um, you try your best and you try not to make the same mistakes, but you're going to make mistakes. And it's almost, you know, in my golden years, like I try to tell young people, like mistakes are the best because, I mean, obviously you don't want mistakes that are tragic, right? but mistakes are good because you, they're yeah, you not mistakes when yeah. you study them and you don't repeat the behavior. So, <clears throat> you know, you, you want to be cautious. You want to make sure your kid doesn't hurt himself or do this, this and that, but sometimes you also have to let them make those mistakes. And I'm trying to make sure that my kids don't have the same issues and make the mistakes that I make, but it's, entirely possible based on what I've been through that I don't even understand um those things may affect who they become.
2: Was your was your mom uh supportive of you going down the creative path or did she have thoughts of, of any other career move for you?
3: Well, it's interesting. My mom is a painter and my dad was a filmmaker. So right. I literally became my parents. Yeah, I am a complete reflection of <laughs> Who they are. At the same time, you know, my Haitian mom is still asking me, "When am I going to graduate from college?" You know, <laughs> so
1: you
3: know, people in my family, at least, you know, uh, I've cousins. You know, people went to Cornell and this school and that school. And I, the way I learn is on the job. So I, I got a fellowship to the Graduate School of Journalism at Columbia University some years ago. So that kind of calmed her down a little bit, but. I think at, at the end of the day, she she understands who I am and is proud of how I turned out, and how else would I turn out based on who my parents are? You know?
2: Right. And and you seem to be constantly creating. Um, how have you been able to balance everything that you're doing work wise with family time, and how you making that work? Because that's something that we that we're always yeah I I'm definitely guess, struggling, struggling with. with
3: that right now. <laughs> Well, for me, I try to find ways to incorporate my creativity into my work. So, you know, storytelling is at the core of what I do. So if I'm writing something or, you know, directing something or even making music, at the core of that is writing. So, you know, I'm going to put out a record anyway. My partner at Masterfield finds out. He says, Why didn't you run it by me? I was like, Well, uh, Rock, I don't know if you're interested in that. So hmm. it makes sense for Mass Appeal to support me as the Chief Creative Officer because me being creative only stimulates more creativity. It inspires other people on the team to be creative. And, you know, the more I can break through as a creative person and an artist, at the end of the day, the business benefits from that. So I've been able to create an environment where my creativity is paramount. Um, if I'm in a situation where I'm not being creative, I'm going to be depressed, you know, like I need to, um, channel my energy in through my creativity. That's like, um, that's my, that's my like That's my capital is my creativity. That's, that's what's in the bank. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, putting some other zeros in the bank too, by working, but, the bank, in terms of my creativity, my creative capital is that's that's the thing that's kept me alive. That's what feeds my family. That's what's kept me going all these years.
1: We and then ha- we always find it difficult. You know, we have this conversation, and in, in EFN in particular, I know, struggles with this. H- how have you? gone about kind of creating that process where you allow yourself the space to be creative when you have get in that zone basically right when you have the family unit which sometimes can be unpredictable you know their needs might be unpredictable how do you
2: try without feeling guilty yeah (laughs) yeah that's right
3: i mean you know in my these days like i don't really I'm I'm super busy, so I don't have much time for, like, a social life, right? I'm not on a bowling team, <laughs> you know. I work long hours, so, you know, my wife understands. Like, yo, my thing for me is music. I'm in a band. I play shows. Sometimes I'm out of town. Sometimes I'm in the studio. But, and sometimes I'm sitting on a white bench in my house, and I'm working on music. Like, that's my thing for me. Her thing is boxing. You know, she loves boxing. She trains. She boxes. You know, that's her thing for her. So I found a way to make the things that I'm inspired by or push me, push my creativity, music, that's my thing for me. And so I've found a way to incorporate my passion in my overall mission. You know, this Wu Tang film that I just directed, We Wanted to Get a Rage Against the Machine song. We reached out to them. We couldn't clear it. Guess what? 1865 gets a sink in my film. You know, Mm -hmm. that's not what I was. It wasn't my goal. I wanted Rage Against the Machine, but we had a song that would work good enough to sort of create the illusion of this is a moment that involves rock and roll. So that's a perfect example of how I'm finding ways to channel my creativity into projects, into what my day job is. And I realized that that is a real luxury. Not everyone has the ability to do that. I mean, people I grew up with don't really understand my life. I run into them. Many of them look a lot older than they are. Hmm. Um, You know, they don't have the luxury and benefit of what I have. So I'm I'm very blessed. Uh, Meanwhile, my wife is calling me right now because... (laughs) <laughs> He's in the laundry room right now. Um, can we pause for one second? Yeah, sure.
2: Yep. Hey, I'm back. Yo, all good, man. So, um, going going back to when you're in that creative mode. So, let's say you're in the crib and you wanna and you wanna work on some music, but your son, and you're in the creative zone, but your son really wants to play or do something. What what's your approach? Yeah, how do you how do you how do you work that out? Well, or does your son get in, kinda, get in on the music with you? A little bit.
3: He's, he's getting more curious about it, but he's got to go to sleep at a certain point. You know, so you try to balance it where, you know, he gets his time in and I get mine. But, you know, he doesn't fully understand. Right. He, he asked me, like, why do you keep playing that song over and over again? And explain to him, practice is important. So there are things he can pick up in me doing my thing, mm. but it's balance. Yeah, gotta find a way to balance it.
1: You sound so zen about it. You're just like, yeah,
0: like it's Oof. definitely not that zen over here on this
1: yeah. side of the me. World. Me just thinking about my like, if I'm in your shoes, you know, and Kay asked me that question, I'm I'm getting stressed out just thinking about how I would approach it, because I'm terrible at working past, you know, my kids' sleep time. Like, I don't have a lot of creative juices flowing. So for me, it's really difficult. So I got to remove myself from the equation. But
3: it comes at different times, you know what I mean? Sometimes at night you don't have it. Right, Right, sometimes. You know? Right. Sometimes you don't have it at night. I mean, I keep guitars in my office, so... If, if inspiration comes, I plug in and just record whatever on my phone. So it's you can't really control when it comes. Yeah. It comes when it comes.
2: Right. So here's right. something. Here's something that we 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 ask most of our guests as well. And this goes to to the music portion. Do you? I, I guess you know your daughter's older. Your son's just kind of I, I guess starting to pay attention to music. Do you police? the content around them or when you were raising your, your, your daughter did you guys pay attention to you know not letting them hear certain lyrics or having to explain things at a certain time or uh, what's your approach with that
3: yeah I mean we've tried to not play songs with curses but you know you're listening to serious radio you turn the dial and there's hip-hop with you know all kinds of curses, you know I'm the guy who's not really playing hip hop in the car, but eventually people get tired of listening to Neil Young and all the other stuff I play. Mm-hmm. So I try to you know have a balance. And so now he's at that point where he thinks cursing is funny. I think all kids go through that phase. Yeah. Um, so he he's starting to understand the impact and what it means. So I think now you know I'm slightly more comfortable playing songs that have might might have one or two curses. Um, but I've, I've been trying to avoid it, honestly, because, you know, hip hop in particular, I mean, you have to have a certain level of sophistication to understand what everything really means. Even if it's on a base level, it feels like it means something, you know, to understand why people are rapping the way they're rapping and what they're rapping about, you know, he's just learning all this stuff. So, you know, he's, his, his hip hop diet is starting to grow. But for the longest, I've, I've been trying to curb curb that.
2: Was it the same with your daughter?
3: Um, You know, she was, you know, older. So I'm picking up where I left off with him. You know what I mean? she He's like a year older than she was when I came into her life. So
2: yeah.
3: Um, from what I recall, it was the same kind of process. I think we were consciously trying to avoid it. And then at a certain point, it's unavoidable.
2: Yeah, it's hard to explain the context, uh, especially when they're young and they just hear the words. It's like you don't want them re- repeating it and they don't really fully get what the what the hell it's all about. Especially when some of the music yep. now is just repeating it. Right.
1: Yeah, recycle rap. I, I have a question for you, and, it, and this is probably my final question. Um, so you've got a 20-some-odd-year-old daughter and you've got a 7-year-old son. This The... I'll call it like the the puberty hashtag or, or slash. I should say you know sexual discussion. How did that go, or how did that come about with your older child, and what are what are you expecting, or have you even had any semblance of a conversation regarding like you know sex in in any type of way?
3: Well, with the eldest, you know, her. Her mom handled that, you know. <laughs> nice. Um, I think that was the best way to to address that. And then with this guy, I mean, he is. It's interesting, man. It's like they start doing things you don't understand. How they know these things, or where they're getting it from? Are they getting it from school? Are they getting it just because they're they're humans, and this stuff is all baked into us? So there are things that are starting to come out now that. Are going to lead to that conversation. We're not all the way there yet, but you know he's starting to put together how things work, and now we have to come in and kind of give them more information. But it's interesting what he's picking up through popular culture, school, all that other stuff.
2: Yeah, we're you know, having.
3: I think they're picking up things way quicker than us. Even yeah. even like how they they just feels like it's so natural when they work with like electronics and gadgets. You know, I'm useless in that regard, but he can, like, pick up something for the first time and figure it out. It's almost like we're evolving in ways because of technology. It's just kind of
2: crazy. Well, we were having this discussion before you, you came on uh, about gender and sex conversations. And Manny, why don't you fill them in real quick on what, on what your son asked you. And your son is six. Yeah, my son's six, and he—he he, we're watching
1: TV, and I see a gentleman on on the screen, and I—I I refer to him as this dude is doing something. I, I, you know, kind of describe what was happening, and then my son questioned, "How do you know that's a dude?" And that just blew my entire mind.
0: Through <laughs> you know, world,
1: yeah. So,
3: but why did he ask that based on the look? right (laughs) like where did that come from
1: so i mean the guy had obvious male features i mean it wasn't something about the look that would necessarily drive someone to ask the question but Mm -hmm. my my son i was explaining this to, to folks earlier my son's a bit of a dick like his dad and so sometimes he just wants to be a dick and like really press me on things to see how i respond so knowing that You know, gender generally is like a hot topic in and around society. I think he's picked up on that to some degree and used it as an opportunity to kind of challenge me to see what I would say. So we got into it a little bit um, just to try to you know give him some clarity on a serious tip. But I, I had to withdraw because, frankly, I just got I'm I'm confused to a degree when it comes to getting too deep into the topic.
3: Yeah, I mean the world is changing pretty quickly and attitudes are changing and this new generation has a completely different attitude. I mean, um, you know, little Nas X came out the other day. I mean, yeah. coming up in hip hop in the time when we came up, it's like that would never happen. Right. Right. Uh, so it's a completely different time. And so they're coming of age at this, it is advanced how people view themselves as evolving. Like it's hard to keep up with the different classifications and how people want to be recognized. It's it's hard, right? right. Cause we're from a different time. Right. And he, you know, he has similar questions to your son and, and, and likes to push buttons. Right. But he's just looking at what seems to be the quote unquote norm. And then he's looking at other things that are now being presented to him as the norm, because that's where society is now. Mm-hmm. And he's trying to see, where his family fits into all that, how his family feels about that, where he sees himself in that. And I think that, you know, quite honestly, when it comes to sexuality and identity and all these things, their generation is going to see it completely different than we do. Yeah, absolutely. That's just something that we have to accept as people coming from a different time and times are changing. It's just, it's, I can't begin to understand it or fully describe it. I just have to accept the fact that this is where things are going and the world is changing and there's a broader way for people to classify and identify and the world is embracing that. Mm. So does, we're does learning, it, you're learning along with your kid.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. You
3: know,
0: honestly. Does it ever feel though that the pendulum swings in a whole other direction and that sometimes the correction is in the middle but because it was one way then it swings the other way like like we were also one of the other topics we were bringing up is that what would happen you know there's instances recently and in recent years where uh children young children that felt they were you know the different sexual orientation and then the parents um you know started helping them transition at a very young age and I was, we were trying to figure out like how do, how does someone deal with that is that even right at a certain age? Like, how did, how, you know, I don't know, What do you have a take on that? Do you even feel like something you'd, you'd want to respond yeah. to?
3: I mean, pa- parents can parent how they want to parent. I think. Right, that's right. It's, the, everybody's the right. thing about being a parent, you can make those choices. Me personally, I, I, would, en- I would encourage my kids to sort of be at a certain age to make that kind of decision. Right. You know, I'm not saying that parents who are making that decision are wrong. I'm just saying for me and my family, If I faced a situation like that, I would, I would be, you know, in control of the situation because I'm a parent and I would just, you know, try to best understand my kid and explain to my kid, like, listen, you're feeling these feelings for a reason, most likely. And when you're of a certain age, if you got to make moves, no one's going to stand in your way. I think Right. right now at your age, you know, school and other things, being kid, you know, um is probably more important than the other stuff mm-hmm. at this juncture. Yeah, I agree. You know, but I that's suppose, just my yeah. opinion. And other people roll a different way and that's that's cool for them. Yep.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well,
2: that, was that was easier note. than
0: we thought it was gonna be. Yeah. <laughs> 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 we we tabled that one. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Sach, well, man. on that note, Sash, we appreciate it, man. Don't want to take up all your time. I know you're busy, so um, but yeah. All good. Appreciate, appreciate you, it. you, you chopping like it mad, up. You Guys
3: are like mad serious, like serious dads.
2: <laughs> like we,
0: we yeah, we, man, we, we
2: dad we hard.
0: Like, we need this. This is a.
2: It's like, our little our little it, therapy session. Um, session. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think you know we generally came all three of us from from uh, mostly single parent households and, and, um, you know, being a dad is important to us and, and, you know, as people grow older and especially in a hip hop generation, it's, you know, it's, it's good to be able to talk with like-minded folks about all this. Word right up.
3: Yeah. Well, hip hop is the real, that's the real issue. That's all about other separate podcast. <laughs> 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 um, but cool. Thank you for, uh, for, for, uh, Hollering at the dad, and um, I look forward to checking it out. When, when's it gonna? When's it gonna
2: run? In uh, two weeks. Not, yeah, two weeks.
3: Cool. Yep. All right. All good, Thank man. You, man. Thank you. Stay classy, gentlemen. We'll talk soon.
2: For All sure. right. Appreciate it, sauce. Oh,
3: good night. Thank you. Yep. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son?
1: A boy can make them, but a man can raise one. Be your father to your child.
2: Be your father to your child.